lives in New York City. Cheesehead TV brings you two guys who like to think they know something about football. Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to Packer Transplants Live. I am Aaron Nagler, and joining me, as always, is my co-founder here at Cheesehead TV, Mr. Corey Banky. We are ready to talk some Packers. I am live at the LiveX studio in Midtown Manhattan. Corey joins us live from Green Bay across the street from Lambeau Field. Corey, what do we have on tap today? Today, we'll try to wrap our heads around the fact that for the third time in history, Packers history, we'll be hosting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the NFC Championship game on Sunday afternoon right there in that stadium. But right now, it's time for the good, the bad, and the ugly. We got the good, we got... Elton Jenkins slapping around Aaron Donald. We got the bad we got. Hunter Bradley slapping around a football away. We're not really hoping he does anymore. We got the ugly we got. We got Jalen Ramsey crying in the end zone. Sorry, buddy. Oh, Hope Jaylen. you have a great off season. Okay. That was pretty ugly, though, <sighs> watching him cry. Corey, how are you, buddy? I um, but um, I'm about on one and a half hour sleep. I'm loving being here in Green Bay, though. So I decided to get up early and leave D.C. and make my way to the great state of Wisconsin and be across the street from Lambeau. I missed it. I was very unhappy to be away for more than four days. I was I was starting to get rashes on my arm. It wasn't good. Okay, so let's well, just now you're uh, back. leave that there. You're back. You're ready. You ready for this back. swing I'm ready. the NFC Championship game? I it looks it. like. Uh, and are you going, like Corey? Going Everybody wants there, to know. Nagler. Are you going? It looks like. It looks like I'm going. It looks like it's going to be the uh, the cousins of uh, the cousins. It's going to be cousins time. The cousins pod. It's going to be a family pod, family affair. I love it. There in Lambo. I'm very excited about it. I uh, I'm a little bit. Yeah. I'm I'm I'm. You know. I'm hoping it's cold. I'm hoping that. Uh, I'm hoping it's not a repeat of the 2007 NFC Championship game because I'm starting to seriously think about that game and everything that it meant in my life, which was a lot, and it basically changed the course of my entire life in some ways, right. uh, which I won't get into on this podcast. But, you know, it was a very seminal moment in the history of not only this site and uh, our lives, but uh, that game is one of those games. It will, it will go into that game forever changed my life so you know this sunday is one of those times it's just one of those rare 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 gems that packer fans get uh to uh experience this year which is kind of great considering how shit of a year we've had yeah there's no doubt about it it's going to be exciting in lieu of the fact and because Corey will be uh in lambo enjoying the game perry goldstein of packs what she said and uh veteran of the watch party here at Cheesehead TV will be joining me in studio. Hope you guys, if you are watching wherever you are in the country, in the world, uh, we've been doing watch parties all year and we ain't going to stop for the NFC Championship game. We'll be doing one. Hope to see you there. Maybe we'll even get a weather report prior to Corey going in the stadium or maybe even in the stadium if, if also we're, you, if we're going you're crazy. gonna get a you're you're gonna get a lambo cam so you know what we can have a gold zone cam we have the gold zone the gold, zone, uh, gold cam. zone cam i love it i i can't wait so um, you can call it nagler it's gonna be up to you i'm gonna I, have it really nice on lambo you're gonna see the beautiful fireworks i know you don't like to see ready. those too much too far oh, ahead bring but, it you know bring you it. Wanna, i love it i tell you, you what have my i came big full, old head in the way i came full circle on the on the fireworks last or the last yeah, last last game when when we were watching and all of a sudden 
I mean, you go back and you watch the watch party, I am literally like living for the fireworks in a way I was not at the beginning of the season. So you have brought yeah, me you were very, kicking and screaming. You were, you were, in the beginning of the season, you were very angry about the fireworks. I'm going to be honest with you. I remember, <laughs> you were so mad. You were like, wait, I have to do this, and then I have to, do, I have to watch that? No. <laughs> it was not great. It was not great, but I'm, I'm on board now. I'm on board. All right, Banky, you ready to do the news? I don't want to do the news. But I really don't want to. I'm going to be honest with you. I just found out about this about a half hour ago, and I'm very unhappy about it. And I'm, you know, um, yeah. Go As ahead. are we all. Uh, obviously, you cannot lead news with anything else other than the news that broke this morning. Milwaukee Journal Sentinel's Tom Silverstein breaking the news. The Packers have since confirmed it. Ted Thompson passed away last night at the age of 68. Uh, in 13 seasons as a general manager of the Packers, Ted's teams combined for a 125-82-1 regular season record, nine postseason appearances, six NFC North titles, and, of course, a victory in Super Bowl 45. I've been, it's funny watching because, Corey, you are not telling tales out of school. You legit sat in your chair there, looked at the script, and let out a bellow of what? I mean, that's how recent this, is news, this news is for Corey. I've been processing it all day. Um, I promised myself I wasn't going to cry like Jason Wildey did on the radio, but I'm probably going to fail. Um, and that's not a shot at Jason, because if you haven't heard his little clip, he's very emotional about Ted's character and what Ted meant to the franchise and Ted's devotion to the franchise. Um, it's no secret, I love Ted. People called me a Ted apologist. I've gotten hate mail. I've gotten death threats for being a Ted apologist. That is true. Um, I love Ted. I love what he means to the organization. I love everything that he stood for. And you don't have to go very far on the internet today to see how much he meant to so many people, not only within the Packers organization, but around the NFL and people even not even connected to the NFL, just human beings. Uh, he did everything with integrity. He did everything with class. Packers people was a very real thing to him. And his devotion to the green and gold and building a kind of community within the locker room was something that could at times be frustrating from the outside. But it meant a lot to him as a former player, as someone who has been inside a locker room, who lived for his teammates next to him as the culture that he tried to foster. And you heard Brian Gutekunst earlier today talking about how those are lessons that the current general manager of the Green Bay Packers still tries to uphold. Ted was his own man. He truly, 1,000% did not care what anyone outside the building thought of him. He deeply cared what his players thought, what the people who worked with him thought, and what the organization thought, and tried at every turn to protect the organization, to do the best thing for the organization. And all I remember, all throughout, when I was being called a Ted apologist, especially towards the end, was about people at the end of his tenure, people saying he didn't care, or he didn't want to win, or he didn't care enough. And those people always got me upset, and I try not to give it too much headspace today, but Ted Thompson cared more about winning for the Green Bay Packers 
more about winning football games for the organization than you and I or anybody on this earth will ever know. The man was an absolute legend, a giant, incredibly important in Packers history. I truly love the man, and that sounds like nonsense, but it's true. In the truest sense of that word, I love the man and everything that he did for Green Bay and for the Packers. So that's it. That's all I got to say about that, Corey. I had one moment with Ted Thompson that I'll never forget, and you didn't really get that many moments with him because he was a football operations guy and also, like, who the hell cares what I have to say about anything about that. <laughs> but I had, was on – it was during uh, Super Bowl XLV uh, in uh, Arlington, and we were on – we were credentialed, and I was with Brian Caribou, and we were interviewing – we had just interviewed Tremont, and I was walking around with my, my Canon, and I had my photographer, and, and Ted was looking at some wine bottles, and I totally, like – I totally said, Ted, can you can you give me a smile for Packer fans? Can I get a photo of you? Or, or can I get a photo of you for Cheesehead TV? And he, he was like, yeah. And then I literally said to him, I was like, smile for Packers fans. And it was the best shot that I got uh, of him. And it was so genuine. Uh, and it made it like we, we got it in like two or three publications. It made uh, History of the Green Bay Packers. Uh, not the people seen by Mark Beach, but the one before that. And... Uh, it was just really genuine. He was just a really genuine guy. And, you know, professionally, uh, you can't ask for a lot more as an organization. Probably the only, the only detriment to Ted is that he, 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 didn't, he, he didn't foresee his own demise. Um, kind of like all we see legends happen where the end of their career is the time where they stumble because we all are mortals and none of us have the, the prescience or the forethought to know where the end's going to live at. And so the only complaint you can probably have is that he didn't have his successor sooner but, you know, life happens. Life comes at you fast. And, um, you know, we would not have the team or the current modern era of the Green Bay Packers. Uh, Ted Thompson's right up there with, uh, with Ron Wolf, Brett Favre, Reggie White, um, you know, some of the greats. And certainly why we were where we needed to be to win Super Bowl XLV. No doubt. Including uh, on the doorstep of another Super Bowl. This team that we have been cheering for all throughout 2020 is rooted in Ted Thompson's work. It is absolutely a gut punch that two weeks away from that game, hopefully, obviously, they win on Sunday, they would be in the Super Bowl. He would have gotten to see it. A team that you cannot, you know, you can't uh, say anything other than the, the, the foundation of this team was built by Ted Thompson. Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams. Well, everybody, Bacchiari, everybody wants to complain, complain about NFC championships, but hundred million percent, he laid the seed for how many NFC championships that this team has been in. Yes, this is the first NFC championship game that Aaron Rodgers has been able to helm at Lambeau Field. But you know, we take for granted all of these places and playoffs that we've been in, all of these places we've seen, and us being in the mix in the top four teams in the NFL consistently Ted Thompson sure a one million percent hey I just gotta I don't know if Al or Matt are listening if you guys are in the control room I uploaded that picture that Corey was just talking about the pick that he took down in Dallas that week leading up to the Super Bowl if you could take it um, and show it because I do I agree with Corey it is 
It's so great. And I love the backstory of knowing that Corey, Corey had literally just said, smile for Packers fans. If you could it take it. It was so genuine. It, like it, it was so like, there it was it like is. I asked him the right question. That is literally a second after Corey said, smile for Packers fans. There's Ted Thompson. I love that. I love that. And you're right. Yeah, we, it's been in a few books. It hangs in Corey's office here at LiveX. It's uh, one of my favorite. I put it on Twitter earlier today. It's one of my favorite photos of Ted ever. Um, just a mountain of a man, a, a, a titan. Um, he'll be sorely missed. And deepest condolences to his family. All right, I know it's just MC Championship Week. We're all excited. You got to you got to talk about Ted, though. You got you had to talk about it. I wanted to get it out of the way. Um, let's continue on with the news. Um, Corey, now this is some news you probably didn't know this either, because you've been doing like real world stuff. Uh, the Packers are signing Tremont Williams. Tremont Williams was on the this. practice field today in his familiar number That's thirty-eight. Exciting. Um, he will be signed to the practice squad, which I love. Uh, it's a four thousand year old okay. Tremont Williams on the practice squad. So is he gonna? So is he? So does that mean he can play on Sunday? Well, the, we the, my hunch, my assumption is that he, he, they there's a possibility they could elevate him. You know, you get two elevations from the practice squad for game day. Um, okay. I I guess they'll practice all week and they'll de- make the determination whether to elevate him or not. I gotta think they probably will. Um, I don't think yeah. we'll see much, if anything, f- from Tremont from scrimmage. But the possibility... Is he going to return punts? That's uh, where it could happen. I'm thinking that's a possibility. I mean, he's better than anything we have right now. I I'll mean, tell you that right now. He won't fumble like, uh, like Tavon Austin, that's for sure. Did I say that out loud? I'm sorry. Yeah, you did. You mm-hmm. said that out loud. No, you know what? I, I, you know what? I, I went to bed last night at 2 in the morning, Nagler, in Washington, D.C., and you know what? I went to bed. I, went, I literally fell asleep. I had you talking to the PFF nerds, and it was so – I was like, I got to hear what they said. I was like, I was like so enthralled. I was like, I got to – just just a few more minutes, and then I basically like – I missed the second half. But ba- I think it's really funny. I know you don't have this in the script because you – don't like to talk about yourself, but I do think it's a little bit hilarious that these guys, okay, I'm not going to say two of the words that were going to come out of my uh, mouth. Nice. These guys bring this whole thing about you. Then after, okay, this is the thing they say. They go, oh, oh, you know, after you leave, they're basically like, oh, you know, he he's really into Coach Matt LaFleur, and, you know, there's not enough data on him, so, you know, Nagler's just completely fucking wrong. Okay, right. let's just, that's right. basically what they said, okay? Sure. Yeah. But actually... Actually, PFF guys, you were wrong. <laughs> exactly. Completely. Exactly. Like, if you go back to that interview, if you go back to all of the things that they said about the Green Bay Packers last year, yep, if you go yep. back to that interview and you actually look at the data set of truth versus false, mm-hmm. mm, there's there's a lot of false that they're saying and there's a lot of truth that you're saying about the Green Bay Packers that, that came to fruition. So I'm just going to I'm going to I'm going to fight that battle. I know nobody cares. It's a little bit of a nit and you know I'm good at those. <laughs> yeah, so, so, you know, that I is just your lifeblood. Your lifeblood. I find it I just find it interesting. I find it very interesting the people who hold on to the threads of their narratives and the the people who look back and go, "You know what? The reality was this." That was the reality. Okay. Truly. Okay. Okay. Very very true. Uh, next up we have Aaron Jones who was offered top 5 running back money. Now that's Average per year, salary-wise, uh, not 
uh, anything close to the guarantees he was looking for. And that is what precipitated, most likely, the switch to Drew Rosenhaus as an agent. Uh, that was buried in a, well, not buried, but that was in a Rob Domofsky piece a couple days ago. Look, I, you know, the, the further down this road we get, and I, I didn't think this was a bombshell thing. I had a couple people on my Twitter mention, say, oh, did you see this? And it's like, well, yeah, they've been talking literally for months. They've been talking since the combine. So... It, it stands to reason offers have been made. Now, obviously, the Packers or somebody in that in that vicinity has leaked the fact that, okay, well, this was our offer, top five running back money. And, of course, Aaron Jones sees what guys like Dalvin Cook or Henry or whoever are getting, Kamara, in guarantees. And he sees that and says, well, I'm just as productive as these guys. I want the same guarantees. I, and I can't and blame Aaron for that. How he makes could a good you point. ever blame that? He, you know, blame if I'm that. Aaron Jones, if I'm Aaron Jones, I'm looking for. I'm not looking for top five money. Okay, mm-hmm. let's just be real. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm looking for top two money. <laughs> and if you don't give me a couple compelling reasons why there's some number one firsts, right? Because right, you got to right. have those, right? Yep. It's got to be like this is the first time a running back's ever been given pies, right? <laughs> uh, or right. you know, fruit pies. salad. I don't know what. Sure, I don't know yeah, what it of is. Course. If he, if you don't got something in there, what's the point? Like he's only gonna, you know, the way that the undervaluement of running backs, and this goes back to PFF and all these analysts, oh, right? Boy, here we go. The the undervalue that has been placed in mm-hmm. the last, let's call it five to seven years, about right. the NFL running back, yep. it's actually kind of sad, in my opinion. Okay, it's sad. You you wanna you wanna ank- you want a guy on your anchor, you want to anchor running back, but you don't want to pay him top money. Yeah, yeah. There's certainly a team that's going to pay him. There's going to be a team that's going to pay him. Well, here's that's my Let's okay, just be but that's real. where the rubber hits the road for me because it's like, yes, Aaron Jones is amazing in the Packers offense, but the Packers have used him judiciously due to a number of injuries early on in his career, and now that they've hit a good rhythm, he's incredibly productive. Is another team going to be willing to give him that guaranteed type money, guaranteed against injury? And then try to ride him and then see what happens? Because i got to think part of Aaron's success now is that the Packers are smart about how they use him. And that's not to take yeah. away from his ability because he is fucking amazing. But how much of but it we- is how the Packers are using him in this offense, by the way, you know, Aaron Rodgers seeing advantageous looks and knowing when to give it to him, when to pull it, et cetera. Yeah, he can go to Williams. He can go to Dylan. Again, it's not just one. Again, it's not I'm a not, Derrick Henry offense. I'm, exactly. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I'm not taking anything away from Aaron. He is a true talent. But at some point, I understand where Gutekunst might be coming from when he says, okay, you're really valuable. You're really valuable in our offense. But I don't know about paying you X amount of guaranteed money when, look, he missed games earlier this year. That they won. You know, the offense still operates at a high level. Yes, is he a lightning-in-a-bottle, fantastic talent? No question about it. Is the offense exponentially better with him in there? No question. But balancing that idea of a certain segment of your salary cap being taken up, a larger and larger portion for this player who, let's face it, is a rotational player, as much as I hate it, as much as Packers fans hate it, but that is what I mean, he is I guess, to keep uh, him healthy. I hear you. 
I it's hear hard you, to make but that call. There's a caveat. There's there's two caveats there. One is, yeah, we get what the Packers' point of view is, duh, mm-hmm. right? But right. the second thing I'm going to say about the Packers is, are we utilizing Aaron Jones to his full capability? Is this a money issue, or is it because he is a situational player? So that might be good in your eyes, right? Right. But he could be infinitely more talented. Is he a Camara? Uh, is he? Right. He could well, be and I that think type. That's in what he his wants. mind, he might hey. be. He wants to be that kind of player. And God so. bless him. Yes, a thousand percent. And I, you know, God knows every single game. I mean, every game. I am not exaggerating. I get at least ten to fifteen, sometimes twenty tweets saying, "Where is Aaron Jones? Why isn't Aaron Jones on the field? We got to use Aaron Jones more, etc." And I know I feel it, and I'm right there with you. Oh, mm-hmm. oh, mythical tweeters. But I also understand why the Packers have a rotation. Because they've lived through three injuries in 15 months. They've lived through Aaron Jones not being available because he gets dinged up. So they are yep. being judicious with his usage. And again, I know it's frustrating. And to your point, Corey, I have zero doubt. He is sitting there going, I want to be Kamara. I want to be Dalvin Cook. I want to be... What's you know the thing that stirs the drink on offense, and I think I can be. And God bless him, I think he's right. But if I'm again constructing my salary cap or putting together my team, and I got that cap, and I only got so many resources to go around, I'm not so sure that's the route I'm going to go if I'm Brian Gutekunst. That's all. That's and I it. honestly, I totally, I totally get that. I'm honestly not smart enough, nor do I try to be one on Twitter that can <laughs> understand the cap ramifications. And I'm not saying that the Packers should offer him that. I just right. think that for where he is in his position, he deserves a certain amount to what the market is going to pay him. Right. And whether the Packers, whether I, I just I disassociate myself from both things because I'm like if if the market is going to pay him top two money and we don't want to pay top two money, there you go. I mean that's, that that's does the, tell you all. That's you need the moral to know. of the story. And here's the here's the other thing. Here's the other thing. And I know where this is. I know where this is going to go when I ask you this. But you know you got to think the Packers are looking at it, especially in a year that we're heading into a crunch cap wise. I mean, do you let Aaron Jones and Kevin King walk? So you can re-sign Corey Lindsley? Here's what I always want. Here's what I want to say about the cap. <laughs> what is going to happen? Okay, so typically in a recession, if you're smart, you spend into a recession, right? And this is like the federal government, Look right? Look at you. So what is going to happen, okay, mm-hmm. if the Packers decide, you know what, NFL? F your cap. <laughs> I'm just going to do what I want to do. What's going to happen? What's happened to any team that's done the same thing? Well, There's funnily four teams enough, that have been over. Funnily enough, the uh, the Broncos beat the Packers in the Super Bowl with a team that was constructed that ended up getting uh, penalized by the NFL for uh, mismanaged cap. Funny how that works. No one that was their, like 20 no one, years ago. No one took their like rings away ago. or anything. Well, that's the thing. So it's like, really, like everything's about the cap. Here's the problem, right? And and this is like this is kind of like it depends on what side you're on, right? And I'm on the Packers side, obviously. Uh, to a certain point, and I'm on the player side. Because it's like you have to push the market. And also, like, you know who sets the salary cap? People like Jerry Jones and billionaires and millionaires, right? And I love the salary cap because there's like there it does create well, parity for the league. It is ultimately across it create and yes. and one hundred percent it does that. But Aaron Nagler, who sets the floor? Who sets the ceiling, right? right. It's the owners, it's the NFL. Well, no, right? it's, it's, so, it's it's both sides, it's the owners and the union. They have an agreement. That's the whole CBA. That's the whole reason we had a lockout and et cetera, and like blah blah blah. 
You know, there's like that okay. is okay. agreed upon. That is a the broadcast rights for the the broadcast rights for the NFL mm-hmm. for 32 teams are such they are enough that the salary cap could increase and they could still make money. So yeah, it's true. I know. I hear they're you. making they're literally pushing a floor down on the players unfairly in my mind. Whether they agreed to a CBA or whatever, right. the market should just stay. They, the Packers have managed to make money. When, we, when it's all said and done and they do the shareholders meeting, they have managed to eke out some monies. Okay? Let's just let's, – let's, <laughs> yeah. let's, No they, doubt. Uh, hey, speaking they're of, still making money. Speaking of making money, the Packers, the NFC Championship sold out in 40 minutes, which is longer than the 27 minutes. Why did it take so long? Well, here's the thing. Funny you should ask that, Corey. There were a hmm. number of problems with the Ticketmaster site. Okay, people, it's 2021. Yes, have you ever tried to buy tickets for an event ever online ever? Because that's what happened with the Packers and this game. And there are literally people on the Zoom call with Mark Murphy the other day saying, well, Mark, uh, you know, we've spoken to a number of fans who had problems with the... What is Mark Murphy IT? Is Mark Murphy the head of Ticketmaster? Man, that ain't Mark Murphy's problem. He's got so I many mean, other things to worry about. It's not his and problem. And then, like, all these, I, I saw three well, how do you articles do it? about So, Nagler, that's the thing, though. How do you, how do you, I mean, to, to their, how do you do it in an equitable way? Like, you like, can't. So you our literally had, can't. If you want to do it can't. old school and have people walk up to that ticket window, which is literally pull behind lottery, your head. Pull, like, something out of thing, yeah. If you want to do it that way, if you want to go back to 1937, fine. We'll all line up and we'll fly into Green Bay and we'll all get our tickets. But guess what? On the internet in 2021, yes, there are bugs. It happens. I'm sorry you got kicked out of your queue or whatever. But that is not Mark Murphy's problem. Good Lord. I can't tell you how much. I was like, I well, was on this Zoom call and there were reporters going, so well, funny. you know, Mark, I heard from a number of fans who gives a shit, man? This is Mark. It's the CEO no of one a cares. multi-billion dollar company. You think he's worried about Ted and Swamico getting kicked off his Google Chrome because he was trying to buy Packers tickets? Come on. No. I hope not. I Good hope he's not worried Lord. about that. I mean, I will say my family wasn't able to get him the first time around because of the whole countdown clock mm. thing and they had. And it's confusing. And, no, and not even I like. It wasn't. It's confusing. It's hard. And to your point, like that's how if there's if there's twelve to fourteen. Yes. Well, <laughs> but the more important point, Aaron, is that there's twelve. There's more people that are eligible for tickets than there are. Than tickets. there are tickets. Correct. If that was not the case, then yes, there could be a more equitable way to do it. Also, right. I do feel like if the Packers really did care, what they could have done is said any season ticket holder who got playoff tickets would not be eligible for the NFC Championship until the next round got it. That would have been an equitable arrangement that then he wouldn't have got those kind of questions, by the way. Which I think is – so there are ways that the Packers could handle this that would – cost them more money and make them look better, but they don't care. So, and it's fine. And I'm fine with them not caring in this, in this instance, by the I way. I love whoever Luke is in the chat. You are <laughs> killing me. Murphy working Packers help desk tickets. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mark Murphy. How can he I direct should, your call? He'll probably, he'll probably answer one in his fan mailbag. Oh, he'll probably be like, I'm sure question. he'll Murphy get him. So five. he'll probably no have to post one. Yeah. Murphy it. takes five. That is, that is a thousand percent happening. Uh, all right, let's talk some football. Let's talk about the Green Bay Packers offense, ladies and gentlemen. 
Specifically, I want to talk about the offensive line. This group did some work on Saturday. Was it Sunday? Against the Rams. Holy cow. It was Saturday. Let me tell you, folks. You want some teaching tape? You want a clinic? And yes, I understand. Aaron Donald was injured. There are lots of other healthy dudes out there who have done a lot of really good things against opposing offensive lines this year. Holy cow. From Turner on the left, Wagner on the right, dudes in the middle, including Corey Lindsley, Elton Jenkins, Patrick, etc. These guys did work. Now, it's great. Obviously, need to keep it up. But, man, if you want to pick me up as a Packers fan, watch the coach's tape of that game because the job they do as far as doubling early, getting to the second level, sealing guys on run play, uh, just phenomenal work. Um, just a shout-out to the offensive line because they're awesome. I mean, they kind of they kind of been building on it all all year with and mm-hmm. without Corey Lindsley and with and without David, yep. um, to uh, the truth be told. Right? That's what's crazy. That's why Stenovich, man. Shout-out Adam Stenovich. We've talked about it here on the program before. I mean, the work he's done as far as it doesn't matter. You just said it. You know, they've lost Corey Lindsley for a stretch. They've lost David Bakhtiari recently and for a stretch earlier this year. All they do is keep winning. All they do is keep dominating up front. All they keep doing is keeping Aaron clean. Will Blackman had it perfect the other day, the, during the, after the, at the end of the game when Aaron was doing his, uh, I think, uh, oh no, it was in the like, end of the fourth quarter or whatever, but Aaron had a clean jersey. I mean, it was bright green. There wasn't any dirt, any snow, nothing on it. And that was and Will said like that's the sign that your offensive line came to play, kept you clean. I mean, I do want to say I do want to say it was something I was listening to you talking with the PFF guys. Not to keep bringing it around there, but the, something that kind of hit me that is a hundred percent true is you know if you go if you go to Aaron Rodgers uh, accepting a checkdown, just that one thing, right? Just that one small thing where Aaron Rodgers is actually looking for a checkdown is an exponential indicator of the line being able to do its job more effectively. Yes. Right? Yeah. And and I just say this in the sense of like in rhythm when you're dictating and you're doing the things you want in rhythm and you're not doing five step drops and seven step drops unnecessarily yeah, on blitzes yeah, yeah, yeah. and you're just trying to pick up blitzes like the way that our offense operates this year versus last year Corey, is, that's a is really good point. Very different. That's a really good point. When you are playing in rhythm, your offensive line looks a lot better. It is funny because like I've talked to guys who have played with Aaron in the past, who may currently be playing with Aaron, who, you know, have, have I guess not bitched, but have said, you know, it, you guys all get all excited when Aaron's got five, six, seven, eight seconds. Because I had a tweet earlier this year where Bakhtiari held uh, Njoku for like eight seconds or something, and, and then Aaron, like, launched a big missile. It's like, yeah, we all think it's great, but... That's hard, man. That is tough mm-hmm. work for that offensive line. And they do it with re- – or they used to do it with regularity. But now, to your point, the fact that they are able to know that, you know, three seconds max maybe, four at tops sometimes, the ball's going to be gone. Uh, that's a hell of a lot easier to operate as an offensive line in pass pro. No question about it. Uh, next up we've got on the offensive side, we've got Aaron Jones showing why he's worth it. I mean I mean we, we want to talk about his value, and I understand he's probably gonna be playing somewhere. And here's the other crazy part, Corey. This game on Sunday, probably, I'm not gonna say it is, but probably Aaron Jones' last game at Lambeau Field as a Packer. 
Think about that. Think about it's, it, that it, craziness. It could be true. I mean, it, we, 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 it was, I was going to have a really easy segue into this. There's some plays that he's, you know, with the offensive line. What, what is this offense? It, to me, it's a chicken or an egg. And I think this season, you guys are kind of talked about it last, yesterday too. Is it that this offense really, this type of offense, really excels with an elite quarterback and then it's a sprinkling of running backs? Or what we originally thought, which it needs to have really good running backs and an okay quarterback. Because I feel like this season what we've learned about this scheme that LaFleur runs is that, wow, if you have an elite quarterback who's not having to listen to a coach the whole entire time and can read his own plays <laughs> right, right. and and can make stuff happen on his or his own, you you go to another level. So what do you believe with this offense? Is this offense need superstar running backs or having really good running backs who can pass protect and you can use at will? Is that really, are we going back to this old, like Mike Holmgren approach at running back? I don't know. I'm down with that. I'm all for any Mike Holmgren approach to anything. Uh, but yes, I think that's a, a very good point. I do think it, it's Ted Wynn who wrote the piece for The Athletic that we referenced here on Transplants, I want to say three weeks ago. He was the first one who really kind of put it out there like, you know, hey, guess what? This scheme has been around for a number of years now, and everyone who's been running it has had a pretty kneel fight at quarterback. Shitty quarterback. Well, that's, no, that's, that's Jared too, Goff. That's, that's, that's not shitty, man. I don't think they're shitty. I don't think he's, I don't think Garoppolo's shitty. I don't think all of that. Yeah, he sucks. But, Matt LaFleur is the first one to be given, look, here's a soon-to-be three-time MVP, first ballot Hall of Famer, Super Bowl champion, seen it all, 16-year vet, who can now augment it in a way that it, it gets, I mean, you've seen this year, it's pretty damn unstoppable. So, yes, uh, to your point. So does that make you, does that, I guess, well, I guess my question is, does that offset somewhat? the need for Aaron having Jones. a superstar well, running back, right? Yes and, and no. Aaron I mean, Jones the, is a superstar running back, he, right? He is. And has and the potential as, to be. As he did in that game. I mean, look at that run he busts off in the third quarter, at the start of the third quarter. Oh, my goodness. That is not something that a lot of guys can do. And the one where he almost falls down do. and gets back up. Yeah. Oh, the hit. Yeah. The hit he takes. and, and like That's his, the one I'm really thinking touches. in my head. He takes the hit. His knee never touches. That's like, that's Kamara stuff. And he continues on and gets, like, positive. I think he picks up, like, ends up, like, six, seven yards. Um Yes, to your point, but here's uh, – your point is correct in the sense of Aaron Rodgers masks a lot or solves a lot, right? So why pay Aaron, why pay Aaron Jones? Well, here's the, other, here's the question then. How many more years are you going to have Aaron Rodgers? Mm. You know, we, we, we know that I mean, he'll most likely be back next year. And that's this when guy the clock, waiting in the wings, Nagler. That's when the clock guy. starts ticking on Jordan Love. And wouldn't it be great to have an Aaron Jones in the backfield for Jordan Love? Now, this well, is we all, will. We'll have A.J. Dillon by then. A.J. Dillon, baby. Well, AJ and that's Dillon. why you drafted what? A.J., right? What? That's why you yep. drafted A.J. Oh, he, he's overvalued, though, Nagler. He's oh, don't even just start you know with me. Don't even start. Just let, I'm but just letting Aaron, you know I'm just saying Aaron says. Jones showed why he's worth it in that game. On, uh, on Sunday against the against the Rams. Yeah, he did. 
Saturday. Speaking of, you should have told them, you didn't tell those guys uh, my new uh, acronym for the draft industrial complex. The that Dick? They created. The Dick. Yeah. yeah. We well, should have told those guys. It's a family show, Corey. It. That's a family show. We, we swear around here. <laughs> it is? The PFF is a, is a... They're on YouTube. Highly respected organization. I didn't want to you know, besmirch their really? name. Really? I, I thought it was created by Chris Collinsworth. <laughs> that can't be highly respected. I, can't, I couldn't besmirch oh. their good name. I didn't want to... Hey man, oh, gotcha. Devontae's been on their programs. I don't want to. I don't. I, I gotta be like. I gotta represent. You know, I gotta rise to the level. Okay, of I just. I, I want to get their opinion on it. I bet they'd like it. I bet you this they will. Thing. I bet you they will. <laughs> um, and finally, on the offensive side, Alan Lazard is a true king. You know, we get we the lizard king, alien lizard, whatever. We've got lots of. Like, he's done the crowning this year. Like, he's the one who started Mm -hmm. crowning Devontae, crowning Aaron Rodgers. Now guys have started crowning him. Let me tell you, Alan Lazard, you are a true king. Everything about this guy, I absolutely love it. From his play on the field, doing the dirty work and the blocking part of things, from being able to get Aaron's subtle or sometimes not so subtle communication with the line of scrimmage <laughs> to, uh, you know, everything about this guy. I, and then to his social media game, to the podcast he's doing, Alan, you are a true king. Alan Lazard. That's it. That's all I wanted to say. I mean, I don't have much to expound on here. You all watch that's the game. That's the tweet. You know what? That's it. Yeah. That's the tweet. You know what I'm saying. A, a true king. All right, let's uh, switch to the defensive side of the ball, Corey. So now I can get all upset. Oh, long drives are frustrating me. God, you sound like a whiny Gen Z millennial. I love that I didn't even say anything. I I literally said When did you get soft? When did you turn into Mike Patton's defense, Nagler? (laughs) Nagler, when did you turn into Mike Patton's soft-ass defense? That's a good question. Because, like... You, what is the problem? Bleed. It's bleeding. You know, it's the bleed strategy. You you kick them in the neck the, with a dagger. You puncture their that's, that's wound, and you the let them bleed strategy. all over you. You actually said it yourself. You said it that literally the strategy of the defense is I'm going to be okay mm-hmm. if you get a first down on third and two, but I'm always going to try to get you to get you to third down. I know. I know. No one likes it, but it clearly works. Now, it's a situational football defense that works, mm-hmm. but you've seen this defense rise, okay? You, 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 you have seen in the last five to six weeks this yeah, defense no doubt, rise. No and you've seen this defense make critical third down and fourth down stops yep. in the last four weeks that are a trend more so than there's some kind of, you know, outside outlier thing. The only thing you haven't seen this defense do is consistently get turnovers like the 96 defense did and like the 2010 uh, defense did. So you don't see that as much. Not as much. Not as much. You know, I had all these things to say, but you've said plenty and pretty much said it all. So... I don't know why I put it in the script. Why oh, you put it in the script? Long. I didn't even get a chance long. to say anything, and you called <laughs> me a so whiny annoying. bitch. I've spent how many hours of my life on watch party listening to? Oh, if I have another long drive by this defense, I'm gonna kill myself. Well, just do it. Just kill myself? <sighs> All right. Yes. Just finish a, the job. Not a, not a bad idea. Um, all right. We go on to 
Corey, there was, there was a point in that game where I felt kind of hungry, you know, and I was like, you know, maybe I should order a pizza. Maybe I should. <laughs> you grill, wanted some touchdown squares? Get, get some, grill some brats, maybe here in the studio. Really uh, get the aroma going here, make it real game day atmosphere. But, you know, I just, I thought, no, wait, no, I don't want to do that to the studio. I don't want to, like, you know, make it a mess or anything. I know Rachel would probably freak out if I did that. So I thought, you know what? I should have some snacks. But you know what, Corey? <laughs> you didn't have any snacks. There's no snacks. <laughs> where, Corey, the, where are all the snacks? Where are all the snacks? Where, I where thought I they? wanted maybe some nachos, you know, some tailgate food. Nothing. Cheese squares, a little salami, a little something to munch on. No snacks? Really? No <laughs> where, snacks. What, what's right. going on? Do you, know, do you know why there are no snacks? I would love to know. But I, I'm not sure. I, I think I need mm. to ask Coach why there are no snacks. Um, but, hey. Oh, you didn't ask this week? I'm surprised. Not yet. That's surprising. Not yet. Not yet. Well, I had a little uh, – yeah, we haven't even talked about my day. We've heard about your day. I, I, we'll, off air, we'll talk about my day. I had, I had a day, Banky. So I, I missed Coach's presser. Um, oh, oh okay. But, yeah, I, no snacks. I'm not, not sure. Not sure what's going on with no snacks. But we'll see if there are any snacks on uh, Sunday. It'd be nice. I mean, you didn't. You did. Did you miss snacks, though? Not really, but kind of on some of the run plays. I, I really felt an urge to munch on some stuff, but you know, not really. I guess. I mean, munch on this. Munch on Jair Alexander with negative three yards. Mm. That's pretty much the hottest stat of the week. That sticks we need out to have in my mind that next so year, much. Next season, <laughs> such, so we're doing great. hottest stat of the week because that is the hottest stat. That's of this it. Week. Like That's no it, question, right? No question. Negative. I love. He's like producing for the offense while on defense. That's that's my guy, Jair. <laughs> that's how job money rolls. This is how he lives. Uh, it's kind of amazing. I mean, do you feel like do you feel like we we just missed snacks because we didn't you know we weren't hungry? Probably. We we're like, Probably okay. that's it. You know, we, we were, don't need snacks. We today. had our we had our you know urges satiated in other ways uh finally Rashawn Gary is a one-man wrecking crew did you know this did you were you aware because I Corey I was told he was a bust I had many people many humans on Twitter on Facebook on this here program on, on our but, uh, live chat many but many, who told many you this, times though? talk about how was it the DIC? Ooh, he's a bust yeah but even beyond the DIC just fans supposed fans Talking to me mm-hmm. about Rashawn Gary being a bust. Guess what? He's a one-man record Not crew. a bust? He is Not a bust, absolutely then. on fire. I am so happy for him. I'm so thrilled we get to watch him every week. And I can't wait. Don't forget, last game, I know everyone's talked about the week six beat down by the Bucks, But no one wants to talk about, you know, the slivers of good play there. Gary was one of those slivers of good play, especially on one particular play where he did end up getting a face mask penalty because he put his hand up high, blah, blah, blah. But he was also in Tom Brady's lap in two and a half seconds, which is what you need to beat Tom Brady. Um, yep. I'm, I'm just that's, hope Gary comes yeah. and brings it this Sunday because he is absolutely on fire. I love this kid. I love him so he much. He is definitely – the ascension of his play this season is probably one of the bigger difference makers for this defense. No question about it. It's what they needed, especially, you know, with the very limited kind of work they did as far as adding pieces. 
You need a development from your young guys, and he has absolutely answered that bell. Uh, well, Corey, and and that and that and that goes back to that goes back to you know Ted, where Ted mm. started it, right? Mm-hmm. Ted, Ted, uh, Ron Draft Wolf before him, and develop. Draft and develop, and the develop part is what no one has any patience for. Thousand percent correct. Is the th- and it's also the thing that you can't, you get bad data on. You yes. always get bad data when you're developing a guy, right? And right? Think about this. If you let someone else develop a player that takes two to three years to develop, and then you get them in their fourth year, you all their bad habits, all the bad things that they used to do, <laughs> you don't get to inherit those, right? You don't have to deal with those. But right. those are harder to see. If if, if this guy, if, if you look back at Gary and you'd see, oh, he missed this and he did this, and all you're getting is bad data, but you have to understand that like, he's a work in progress. He's going to keep – Will hopefully better. get better unless uh, well, you know. We, but you we, have to have Jamal, the patience. You, eight, you have to have the patience to find out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yes, you want immediate returns, but you also are expecting him to get better. Now, sometimes it happens, and sometimes it doesn't. But yeah. this idea that okay, it hasn't happened in the first three or four games his rookie year. Oh my God, he's a bust. That's the shit. Yeah. I have no well, time you know, for. you know where. You know where I think some people get this from is that they've been burned by like the Jamal Reynolds of the world, you know, where it's like I get you're it. just like I get it. It's like you you've been burned as a Packer fan, so right. then you just imagine you that every Mandridge, guy's going to burn you. you. So I, Justin I think Harrell, there's some of that. I think there's some of Justin Harrell. Yeah. I feel it. I think I there's some of that. I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha. you. Hey Corey, check this out. It's time to preview yes. The Buccaneers versus the Packers in the NFC Championship game, complete with new fancy lower graphic. Look at that! Ooh. Ooh. Ah. That look nice. nice. How come Packers are in brown, though? That's a little weird. Thank you. You know? I'm kind of weirded out by that. Eric Um, put that together really nice for us. I like it. And you're just like... I like it. Now I don't even want to it's do it. It's my first time seeing it. You know, now I don't even want to do it. They're in shadow. Uh, they're not dark. They're not brown. They're in shadow. Oh, okay. I have, it's cool, I have a little man. Hover. If you, you know, I have a little hover whatever. bar, so I can't see it. It's like, it's, it's I like it, Nathan. Yeah, the Packers um, are playing. Don't, yeah, they're playing the Bucks. It's going to be great. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. I can't wait. Look. That's our preview, ladies and gentlemen. Si- Thank you. Nagler. Yeah. Nagler, yeah. which camp are you in, okay? So we're at right. the RV camp, okay? Which camp are you in? Are oh, you in God. the camp of... Are you in the camp of this this game against the Bucks is a metaphor for where we're going to be in the NFC Championship game? Or was the game against the Bucks so long ago, it was almost like it was last season and we're a completely different team? The only correct answer here is B. The last game between the Buccaneers and the Packers is almost immaterial. Now, not completely, That's what I, yeah, because it is yeah, yeah. the same, uh, for the most part, roster makeup and coaching staffs, schemes are the same, etc. But the teams are very different. And this is why I always tell people, and people get on my stuff about it, but how you're playing in October means nothing. How you're playing in December and January means everything. And that's, you know, however the Packers played in that game. Aaron Rodgers literally threw passes to Malik Taylor and Darius Shepard in that game. You know, it's, wow. it, it is, it's a very different team. They're in a very different spot. Uh, to me, the number one thing, though, that you can take from that game is how they really got away from the running game in a, in a bad way. 100%. 
Um, yep. there, were, there were sequences where, you know, Aaron Jones gained six yards on first down. Uh, they come back and try to go deep to MVS, can't hit it, try, you know, throw again on third down and get sacked. And they're off the, and this is when they're down 14 10 or whatever. They come back out, mm-hmm. they're throwing these 15, 20 yard, try, or trying to, the, these long developing routes. It was like Mike McCarthy was back. And of course, we had all the problems up front. Then David Bakhtiari goes down. It was absolutely, and this is all after Aaron Rodgers throws two completely ludicrous interceptions. It was just mm-hmm. a complete snowball game. Now, they have to run the ball in this game. And I'm not saying it's going to be easy. In fact, I think it's going to be hard, and I think it's going to be ugly. They have got to run the ball, and they've got to run the ball between the tackles. Enough of this toss-play bullshit. Just run between the tackles. You saw between the tackles against the Rams. That's what I mean. mean, Yes, that is exactly what I want. They have got to run the ball between the tackles in this game. Okay. Does this make me a homer? I kind of feel – I mean, I don't care what the answer is. Uh, But – like, I kind of feel like that was the number one defense in the NFL. Like, I hope the Packers don't think this way, but I right. kind of think of this way right Because you're a fan, so you get so that. Was, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So that was the number one defense in the NFL, according to people on the Internet and the NFL. <laughs> so, um, like, if we just run the ball, basically we win. That's what I'm thinking. Okay, can I just can I just point something out? Someone in the comments is saying Pettin is 0 and 8 versus Brady. That is a thousand percent not true. Mike Pettin was the defensive coordinator for the New York Jets and authored one of the greatest defensive performances against Tom Brady ever in a playoff game as the defensive coordinator for the Jets. So I would encourage everyone not to pay attention to YouTube commenters because they are often incorrect as this gentleman is here. Um, so okay. the next thing people have yes. to uh, pay attention to in this game, Jamel Dean, who had the pick six against Aaron Rodgers last game, took advantage of that quick out to Devontae and then chirped about it afterwards saying it's something he saw on tape. He knew it was a tendency. Devontae had some questions about that, but great play. Turn that game around, <laughs> no doubt about it. You've seen many teams since that play take advantage of Dean with uh, sluggos, with out-and-ups, with shoulder fake, and then you're gone. I want that early. I want them to go right at him. I want Devontae to run an out-and-up, sluggo, what have you. And I want them to know. I want him to know. Oh, oh, we know. We know how aggressive you are. And you got that one on Aaron last time. And well done. Well done. But it's going to be different this time around. Because you know Devontae can cook this kid. Come on. There isn't there hadn't been yeah. a corner born he can't cook. They so. just said they said for a week that this guy on the Rams was going to do all this stuff and nothing happened. Yeah. And he basically got his ass handed to him. <laughs> and I see all these like I see all this audio and all this stuff. Right. I'm just like, wow. You wanna talk about you wanna talk about teasing something that completely was overblown. The best the clip, it's of, like talking about the audio, the best clip was uh, from NFL Films where they, they caught Ramsey and Devontae chirping before the pregame. There's a little, and right before it happens, there's literally a clip, because LaFleur was mic'd up. There's a yeah. clip of LaFleur and Rodgers, and LaFleur says, oh, here it goes. It started, baby. Like, everyone knew it was coming. Everyone knew they were going to jaw before the game. And it was like a show. 
LaFleur is like, all right, here we go. I love that the head coach is like, all right, get my popcorn. Let's go. That's just the best. I love it. Um, finally, can the Packers' defense disguise in any way, shape, or form what they're going to do when it comes to Tom Brady? Tom's seen it all, and he has absolutely taken advantage of Pettin. To the YouTube commenter's point earlier, he has had the better of Mike Pettin as of late. There is zero question about that. He's done a very good job of seeing what Pettin presents, making adjustments at the line. He took advantage numerous times last time around of seeing what was there pre-snap, getting guys into better positions, and then making plays. Can the Packers just disguise a little bit? I know they're pretty much, this is our set and this is what we do. Man, it'd be nice to see them pull out just a few wrinkles. I'm not talking about wholesale changes. I don't need you to go crazy, but just, just some disguise, a little bit of subterfuge when it comes to your pre-snap read. That's all. That's I, all love I, it when you, I love when you bring up things that are never going to happen. It's so funny. Corey. Because I'm know, like, why here is that? Aaron Nagler's wish list of things that Mike Pettin is never going to do. <laughs> Number one, I wish Mike Pettin would press the corners. <sighs> Uh, yeah, that's not happening. Number two, I wish Mike Pettin would blitz more. That's not happening. Number three, and today's winner, I wish Mike Pettin would disguise his defense. <laughs> Corey, that's possibly, that's quite possibly the most depressing moment on Packer Transplants ever because it's so, so true. There's so much truth there. We spend how much time of those three things? I wish these three things were the reality. I know. Oh, man. It's like, yeah, it's just funny. It's funny. (sighs) All right. I haven't slept in a while, so, you know, maybe it's not that funny. I'm ready, though. I'm ready when you are. (laughs) You ready? All right, let's go. Yeah. The return of that venerable series. Corey, this is how I know you didn't read the script because you said earlier that I didn't have in the script that I was on the PFF podcast, but here it is. That's part of the blogosphere. <laughs> I was on PFF forecast. There I am with the guys. Eric it and was George. Good. I caught most they're good. Of it. They're good guys. I, I, I like them a lot. We're friends. I know Corey hates everybody on earth, but these guys are good. I like talking to them. <laughs> they, they, they are gracious enough to invite me on their podcast. I had a ball talking Packers with them. PFF put out this little tiny clip of me talking about how Aaron Rodgers is the GOAT. And actually, I think, I'm not sure if they cut it off, but I really said Bart Starr is the GOAT. But, you know, there it is. So now I've got tons of Patriots fans like this moron who's been in our chat all night uh, talking junk about whatever who really need to learn football. But there it is. So if you haven't checked it out yet, uh, go check out the PFF Forecast podcast. I had a lot of fun with Eric and George. Thank you to them for having me on. I I I'm not I'm not I don't hate on those guys. I just what? don't like them. Wait, did I just wait? Am I developing? Am I going deaf? Or are you developing a sense of humor? What 
did you just say you don't hate on those guys? What? I just don't like. I just dis. Say I just like everything they. I, I dislike everything they stand for. That doesn't mean I hate on them. Fair point. <laughs> Fair point. That's I, I can't argue with that. That's, that's and you point. are right. I didn't turn the page. This this script I have has two pages or something on the back. So uh, I, there I is something it out. on the back. Well done. Um, <laughs> There's words. Next up, uh, we we talked about NFL films and having Matt Lafleur mic'd up. And let me tell you, folks, NFL films got some fucking gold. Roll this clip, Al. Touchdown! on a one-yard touchdown scamper, 16-3, to Packers. Can I get a bell, please? Hell yeah! Yeah! Can I get a belt, please? I am, I am living. I am living for can I get a belt, please. I am living for that phrase. Can I get a belt, please? You know how much I'm living for it, Banky? How much? So much. That I have Brent, our, our, our resident designer, do a t-shirt for us. That's right. Right now, live in the Cheesehead TV store. I'm going to throw up the, uh, <laughs> throw up the link I in the chat there. I love how we couldn't get the rights to a belt or anything. We were well, just no, like, no. Mm. Yeah, what's funny is that he did do initially a belt kind of design and a drawing. But I said, yeah. like, the question is, can I get a belt, please? I don't have a belt. So I don't That's want true. a picture a of a belt. belt. I want can a I belt. A be- can I get a people belt, please? Are, people, people that don't know what we're talking about, then, and you're wearing the shirt, like let's say I'm wearing the shirt at the tailgate, it's going to be like, uh, they're going to be like, oh, I'll give you my belt. Here you go. <laughs> right. Pants, like no boy. Packers fan knows what a belt references. Come on. It's going to be great. I love it. Anyway, can I get a belt, I like please? I like Available it. now in the store because I absolutely love that phrase. I, 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 just, I would like to get a belt. That I, was I a, want Aaron Rodgers to that give was me like, a belt. That was like Matt LaFleur at a watch party. That's, uh, that's the vibe, right? It's like he's just like, can I get a belt, please? Like, I love it. I love it. Matt LaFleur is just one of us. It's just the best. I want to I I have Matt LaFleur at a watch party. Might be difficult because awesome. he might be working. But um, when he's, like he said on our, our show, <laughs> you know, when he's retired, he'll come be a Cheesehead TV analyst and we'll have him on a there watch party. I can't wait for that to happen. It'll be great. Um, all right. We got a couple people I want to give a shout-out to in regards to something we here at Cheesehead TV have championed and we've tried to put forth as a way of life, a way of living, a way of holding yourself as Packers fans, and that's called carrying the G. Let me tell you. Uh, I want to give a shout-out to Jacob Landis, who was at practice yesterday and was there as the players left from Lambeau. They, they drive in these, you know, nice cars and they go across the street. And oh, yeah. This clip is awesome. Jacob was there to cheer them on. Al, roll this because this is amazing. Jacob, there you are in the freezing cold. Packers players going That's across some the serious street. Serious dedication, right there. You, Jacob, you carry the G, brother. That is what I'm talking about. 
absolutely love that. Thanks to Tim Van Voren for putting that out there on his Twitter because that warms the heart as a Packers fan. Um, and speaking of warming the heart, uh, Corey, are you on TikTok? You a big TikTok guy? No. <laughs> I, I know you are. <laughs> no. I know you're, I lo- you're with I, the youths. I, no, I'm not with the youths. I don't even I – I'm on TikTok. I don't post anything on there. Yeah. Well – I will, I look at stuff. I look at all the dance videos. They're awesome. There I, mean, are I, look, I see the awesome. stuff. I see the well, Packers so, stuff. I follow the Packers on TikTok. Yes. And right now on TikTok, there is this, uh, this uh, I guess, fad, whatever the kids call it, um, sweeping, <laughs> sweeping the TikTok land. Um, I love this guy. This guy, Joseph Salvo. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uh, he put this TikTok out there after the Packers beat the Rams. This is one of the greatest things you will ever see. Talk about carrying the G. Al, roll it. There once was a football team that played at Lambeau Field in Old Green Bay. The frozen tundra covered in snow. Oh, go you Packers, go. Soon may the Rogers man come to bring us points. He'll pass and run with Adams, Tanyan, Williams, and Jones. We'll all cheer, go Pack, go. They won the North and number one seed. The D train held protect the lead. We pay respects to Lombardi. Oh, go, you Packers, go. Soon may the Rogers men come to bring us points. He'll pass and run with Adams, Tanyan, Williams, and Jones. Lord, you go, Pack, go. I mean, that is so great. I love that. I it's absolutely like a, love it's that. Like a to- it's, like a, it's like a Tolkien song. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. it's, like it's, a, like it's like Lord of the like Rings. A, it's like <laughs> the, Lord of the Rings. The dwarves are like, singing it on their way to the mines. Yeah, yeah. It's like the dwarves. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're going to the mines of Moria, and they're like, I love yeah. it. Phenomenal. Um, so there you go. Those folks, I just wanted to give them a shout-out for carrying the G, because that's flipping awesome. Um, you ready for some uh, to read some Super Chats there, Corey? Yes, yes, yes. Let's do it. Let's start with uh, Brianna, who gave us a super chat ages ago. Uh, ages. Brianna, Ted Thompson and Tremont Williams appreciation super chat. Thank you very much for that. That uh, Talk about what's funny is that's probably, you got to think, Ted's greatest find as an undrafted free agent, a guy who was cut by the mm. Texans, was on the street. Mm. Ted picked him up. They developed him. And he became pivotal to their championship run. So that is well, well placed there. Uh, Aaron Gonzalez. Oh my God, I can't stop laughing. Thank you for doing this. You're welcome, man. Matt LaFleur really is awesome for that one. Well, so, okay. So Steve from the AP literally says, thank you for doing this at the start of every single question he ever has to anyone. Whether it's Aaron Rodgers, whether it's Matt LaFleur, anybody. And Matt finally the other day said, hey, man, you're welcome. That was great. <laughs> and Aaron, if you've noticed, my astute observers have probably noticed that Aaron Rodgers said, has started saying the last two times Steve has asked him questions, Aaron said, well, thanks a lot for that question, Steve. <laughs> That's his response. <laughs> Um, I love it. That, that's great, Aaron. Chris Han, thank you for the super chat. Go Pack Go from North Carolina. My question is, do you think they are giving Rashawn Gary enough credit? I mean, we talked extensively about Rashawn Gary earlier in the show. I don't know who this mythical they are that you're talking about, but whoever Twitter. they are, 
need Twitter to Twitter probably. The, the, yeah, they, those folks need to wake up. Um, next we have Jesse. Jesse, I think we need to see a nasty truck stick from A.J. Dillon running over Devin White. Oh, now you're talking mm. my language. Now you're talking running between the tackles. None of this toss nonsense. None of them trying to get outside. Right at him. I'm down Nagler, with that. The only thing, the only thing better than a toss in my mind. Oh God, Here is we go. running on second and ten. <laughs> and the only thing better than running on second and ten in my mind is a three-man rush for a defensive fumble recovery. Okay, I'm just gonna put that out there. I'm just gonna let you know this thing. These, this is how I feel about these things. So, are you done? Mm-mm-mm-mm. For now. Oh, were you just singing the song? It's in your head now, right? Yeah, I'm like, I'm going to the mines. I'm going to the mines of Moria. Mines of Moria. I'm going to the Lambeau Field. Oh, I love it. Jake in the box, thank you for the super chat. Going back to McVay and LaFleur's brotherhood, challenging one another for the betterment of the team, do you guys challenge each other in regards to Cheesehead TV? Wow. Now that's a question. That is a question. Yes, um, Corey challenged me earlier this year to stop drinking so much during the watch parties, and it has improved the quality of the streams. So, yes, this does happen. Corey, anything jumps well, in your mind for you? Um, yeah, you've taught me how to be more negative about the Packers. You know. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> I don't know why I bother. I don't no, know why. You, I, you know, I could just do this one-man fucking stream, and we could just call it a day if you want. You know, if you don't want to be here, Banky, you feel I add nothing, that's fine. I get it. We'll have a Corey stream. We'll have a Nagler stream. And then never the twain no, shall meet. It's, it's very clear. I mean, here's the thing. Here's the thing. It's very clear that, uh, you know, if I did the stream by myself, no one would watch. So uh, oh, we all know true. this. So... What I add is we challenge each other all the time, you know. Uh, I, challenge, we, I challenge him to be more positive. He challenges me to be more critically thinking about things, especially when it comes to things that I really like, you know. I do critically think about things, but when it comes to the Packers, I'm less critical. I'm a little bit more, you know, as they go. And, and I, lit, I, have, I have high expectations, but I've, because I've been a Packer fan as long as I have, I'm, I purposely lower my expectations <laughs> because clearly, <laughs> well, no. And, and no, because I, I, it's, I, I, to me, it's much, it's much better when they meet my expectations right. than it is when I have such high expectations and they dash them. And at the end of the day, that's where we find happiness is where we set our expectation meter, right? So, you know, I think you've taught me that of like, hey, these things we need to be critical about. But also what's really helped me is I had the gut feeling after the draft the same as you mm-hmm. is you are a good reaffirmer for me where it's like and I think you are that way for a lot of people for the Green Bay Packers where it's like I feel this way about the Green Bay Packers. Am I not just right? It's not about right, but it's more like am I on the right path? Am I thinking the uh, the right way right. Um, when it comes to that in terms of like what the data says, right? Which is funny because I think a lot of people are like, well, Nagler doesn't look at data. It's like, no, you're looking at the tape. You're looking at all the things. So, like, I feel this way about Elton Jenkins. Is this justified, right? And in week two or week three. And that's what really helps me and really challenges me. I'll say Corey challenges me in every way, shape, or form. Uh, My life wouldn't be the same without him. I'm giving out plaudettes to fucking Ted Thompson earlier. I, you know, met Ted in passing a number of times. Didn't know the man closely. 
I got to sit here and be asked about Corey Banke challenging me. Corey Banke has made me a thousand times better than I ever would have been, not only as a Packers blogger, but as a human, uh, without his guidance, friendship, what have you, and his challenging me. So there you go. I've said nice things about Corey. Let's keep going. Uh, <laughs> Baby 43 thank you for the super chat. R.I.P. Ted, loved him. Keep up the good work, guys. Mm. Cheesehead is my only source of Packers news entertainment. Your only source? Ooh, I'm sorry for you. I'm that really one. sorry, man. Like, but you know, thank you, thank you, thank you, and um, and um, yeah. You want? I mean, I, we, I, we appreciate it, but you want to you want to spread it out, man. You want you want to get get stuff from everywhere. That's how you become like more well rounded. You get more ideas, and don't close yourself off, man. There's lots of really good outlets out there. Um, but thank you. That's that's very kind of you, Andre Sarah. I don't know. How pronounce, I'm I'm butchering that. I have no doubt. R.I.P. Ted, <laughs> after seeing with uh, Mike McCarthy is doing in Dallas and Lafleur in Green Bay, it is safe to say that we should respect Ted more, as in maybe Mike didn't maximize the roster he had at his disposal. Packers by ten on Sunday. Book it. I mean, I don't think you need to denigrate Mike McCarthy uh, after Ted passes. <laughs> you know, I, I knew mean, you were going to say that. I mean, well, I mean, Ted chose Mike. And by the way, hey, since we're here, sure. we're talking about it. Let's just Ted uh, Mike McCarthy put out a statement earlier tonight about Ted's passing. Oh yeah, that really got me. Uh, this is what Mike said: "Quote, you will hear from a lot of people who will tell you great things about Ted Thompson and what he meant to them, and every word will be true. But when I think about Ted, who he was as a man, will always carry more weight than what he did professionally. There was never a finer human." To walk the playing fields or have a presence in the scouting rooms, Ted gave him an opportunity of a lifetime as a young first-time head coach who thought he had all the answers. I couldn't have matched with a more perfect leader. He taught me patience. I will forever remember all the times he would simply smile at me and say, slow down, young man. He always protected and reinforced the importance of the tradition and history of the Green Bay Packers. It wasn't enough just to win. It was equally important to win the right way. He exuded those qualities in everything. Ted was a very private, was very private, and few got to see the things I will miss most about him: his sense of humor, his storytelling, and the kindness of such a good man. I have tremendous gratitude and appreciation for the opportunities he provided for me and my family. Ted was a man of extreme faith, which gives me peace in knowing he's in a better place. But I also know, for those who li- whose lives he touched, we are all better because of the time we were able to be with him. Slow down, my friend. What a life you led and an example you exemplified. Mike McCarthy, talking about Ted Thompson. That's a statement, and that tells you what the man meant to Mike McCarthy and to a lot of other people. So what what we've really learned here is I need to die before you so you can write my obituary. I'm all in on it. So now we've Sorry, got me. To, You've got I me. I had to bring it back. Well, wait, but you just encouraged me to just off myself earlier. So now, you know, that's a I race. I know, I know. Which I'm taking us, it back. I'm taking it which back. Which one of us is going to go? I was, I was going to bring that up that I was like, well, you challenged me, and then I tell you to do things like that. But I, I did think that was funny at the time, and I, I still, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not taking it back. But Vex, don't do that, though. Vex, thanks do for the super chat. I am not saying he is comparable to, but Devontae Adams has a suddenness and elusive quality I haven't seen since Barry Sanders. That's some lofty that's some lofty company right there. I don't know. Um, I mean, to my eyes, they're 
quite different in the sense of their style and how they go about it. But there's su the suddenness, the quick twitch. Yeah, I, I see that. I, I see what you're seeing there. Jocelyn, thank you for the super chat. MVS recognition chat. Live with it. Oh, I can live with that. I, love I can that. definitely live, live with that. With it. <laughs> That's great. I can live with it. Jocelyn, thanks, I can 100% live with it. Cody, thank you for the super chat. RIP Ted, Packers fans, truly lucky to have had him lead us for so many years. I wish folks, me included, would have appreciated his team slash Packers people come first attitude while he was still with us. Well, that's big of you, Cody, to admit that, to say that. Um, it's what I'm always on about, man. It's what I'm always on about. And, and, and I know Corey and I get a lot of shit because we're the old guys on the beat and we're the old guys on the, in the blogosphere. And we get this. I, 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 we get it all the time. And I, I got it the other night when I, after the game. And I said, look, I remember a strike-shortened season being the only way the Packers could get in the playoffs. The playoffs. They won a you know, wild-card game against the Cardinals at home. You would have thought the Packers won the Super Bowl. Like this stretch that we're on from 93 to now – Man, soak it up. Appreciate every moment of it. And Ted is a huge part of that. And that's what always kind of killed me when people were so down on him towards the end. Um, so, Cody, yes, thank you. Thank you for that. Jennifer Wright, thank you for the super chat. You don't have, uh, you don't have anything to say, but we appreciate the support. That's very nice of you. Holy cow. Thank you. Dude, we got so many super chats. Andrew, thank you for the super chat. <laughs> R.I.P.T.T. Man, Wildy's tribute to Ted made me wonder why people were cutting onions when no cooking was being done. Andrew, couldn't agree more. I need Man, to listen to that. It's so good, dude. I'm telling you, I was, okay, so the Ted news broke, right? Tom Spoon put out the, that tweet, and I just instantly retweeted it and said, win it for Ted. Just win it for Ted, man. And then I started to like really kind of, it really started to settle in into me. You know, like we used to talk about it at school, Corey, like in your, take it into your body, right? As actors, you're told to like, take it, like you live it, you, you take it into your body. Holy cow. I broke down, dude. I broke down on my sofa. I started bawling like a baby. And it's so weird because, like I said earlier, I didn't know Ted well. I met him in passing. I talked to him at the combine, talked to him at, you know, Lambo and media settings. I talked to him once or twice in, in much more relaxed kind of, you know, off the record type settings. Mm -hmm. Just a great man who really meant a lot to me. And just the idea of how much he meant to this team and everybody who's still currently enjoying this team, on this team, working with this team, and in, in the kind of like the orbit of this team. Yeah, it's uh, so Wildy captured that really well in the sense mm -hmm. of. Ted, because Corey, uh, Wildy talked about how Ted had uh, almost been married a couple times. And, you know, Wildy even mentioned it was like the only time he ever got to talk to any of Ted's family for this article that he was writing back in the early days. And he had he talked to Ted for this article, and Ted had said, you know, I came close a couple times and I messed it up. Well, you know what, Corey? I messed up shit for the Green Bay Packers in my personal life. So I very much identify with that. And mm -hmm. I was thinking about that, and I'm like, 
And I'm listening to Wildy, and Wildy got teared up because Ted Thompson. Wildy tears up because Ted Thompson visited him in the hospital when mm. he was ill. When he was in the hospital, Ted Thompson, the general manager, visited the reporter in the hospital. Mm. How much do you think that happens? Do you think that's a, you know, a regular occurrence in NFL cities? No. Because I don't. No. No. That's who Ted Thompson was. And that's the guy that most fans, I think the majority of fans, probably not Never only saw. aren't privy to, but don't even think about and or, you know, leave open the possibility, oh, wait, this guy is on another level. He's an amazing human, etc. That's all. That's all I want to say about what Willie's saying because it really it Okay, well, you might not be able to because you have more Super Chats. Yep. I'm probably going to talk about Ted. So. Yeah, I hear you. Dustin. TT, RIP, underrated genius. The reason we have Aaron Rodgers never would have drafted a punter in the sixth round. <laughs> that was for you, oh, buddy. Oh, uh, Oh, look at Dustin. Thanks for the super chat. This is for Aaron's new laptop fund, so we have more morning cheese if that's covered. Pappy fund. I have a new laptop. Thank you very much. My, my, new, my old one died literally in the midi- middle of... Uh, uh, Packers Daily this morning. That was a good time. Oh, dear. Good times. Nagler, you can't have nice things. We know this. No, this is very true. Uh, Dustin gives us another super chat. What are the odds that we get to see 10,000-year-old Tremont Williams returning punts? I think they're pretty good. Mm. And for those of you who don't know, this is an ongoing thing. When McCarthy was putting back Tremont on punts at the end of his tenure, I I kept making Tremont older and older. Because I was like, we can't find a young guy to do this. Like, like we put Tremont back there. And every week on Watch Party, I was like, 400-year-old Tremont Williams. And the next week, it was 5,000-year-old Tremont Williams. And the next week, it was 10,000-year-old Tremont Williams. So, yes, I tend to think 4-billion-year-old Tremont Williams could be on punt return this weekend. Uh, Tulio, thanks for the super chat. Do I need to say I appreciate Cheesehead TV a fucking lot? Corey, if possible, record us some nice videos from the stands. Love from Brazil. Hashtag go pack go. Thank you, Brazil. Thanks, Tulio. Appreciate that. Uh, and he has another, Tulio has another super chat. Fun fact, here in Brazil, we call Brady Gisello. I, I think that's a reference to his wife. <laughs> I'm not quite sure. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> I love it. Uh, Corey, you got anything Giselle. else for the fine folks at home? I do not. Everybody have a great time watching the game. Could could be hopefully not the last game. Hopefully it's nope. the first of two. Um, have fun watching the game, and uh, I'm really sad to see the season go. It's been a great season. I'm not sad to see COVID or any of that crap go, but it has been a really amazing season despite uh, the year that we've all had. And, uh, you know, relish it, take it in, and have fun. No doubt Kiss about your family. it. Um, I want to thank everybody who has joined us here, everybody on Patreon who supports what we do. Uh, the Patreon members are amazing. You guys are incredible. I know I owe a few of you... Some messages regarding setting up some Madden games. That will happen this week, or not this week, but next week. That'll definitely happen. Um, if you are interested in joining Patreon, patreon.com slash cheeseheadtv is where you go to support. All we ask is $5 a month. It supports everything we do. Uh, you get to hang out on our happy hour once a week. It's a ton of fun. We have one Tuesday. It's always a good time. 
I hope you uh, can support us. But if you can't, I totally understand that, especially given what's going on in the world. Not everybody has a bunch of disposable income to give to two dorks who love the Green Bay Packers. So please just hit like on this video. Subscribe to the channel. And Corey, to your question, Tom Grassi and I had a Insta Live the other night. I went live on Instagram. What? Yeah, Tom How and I How do I, I miss everything? I, well, because you're working, dude. So Tom Were you and playing I, Madden, though? No, we haven't played Madden yet. But we just we talked on Insta. Oh. I went live on Insta, and we just chatted for, like, almost an hour. It was crazy. But it was good. If you guys aren't following me on Insta, check that out. About it's a, what? What did you guys talk about? The Packers and being Packer bloggers and life, whatnot. Got it. You so know, you didn't play Madden yet. All the things. Not so yet. He still hasn't, so he basically still hasn't He's played He's still ducking Madden. me is basically what's going on there. Wow. Well, that'll do it for this week's episode of Packer Transplants. We'd like to thank everyone who joined us here, who makes Cheesehead TV part of their daily Packers routine. We are and will always be devoted to Green Bay Packers fans worldwide. And I think there may be among uh, yourselves and the others at uh, Cheesehead TV. Is that right? Um, that is that, correct. That maybe uh, if the second and ten is called and it's a run pass, and I'm going to choose to pass out of spite. Thank you. Uh, I but not spite. You. I didn't say spite. Come on now. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I can hear you. I heard you say end to end. I heard you say. Thank you. Word of.